You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. You know, tonight we are continuing our series called The One Another Way or One Another Way Relationships. And uh, what is awesome is we did a lesson called Caring for One Another spurring one another on. And two weeks ago, I did a lesson on spurring one another on. And then tonight's lesson is going to be about encouraging one another. And Robert touched on it before, and I want to kind of expound on it. And so our lesson title tonight is called, I Got Your Back, Jack. Because that's what encouragement is all about. It's about getting each other's back. It's about being involved in each other. And so as we dive into our Bible study tonight, let's go to God in prayer. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. We pray for a great Bible study. We pray that the word will influence us, encourage us, challenge us, inspire us, help us to make good spiritual decisions, uh, help us that our, our Bible study will lead to faith that leads to action and that we can actually encourage one one another. God, we love you. Uh, open our minds, open our hearts. Thank you for this word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12 to 13, we are going to be looking at one passage in our midweek service tonight. And, and you know, my mind has changed a lot about how I look at the Bible, how I look at different passages. And, and most of the time, I'm so busy trying to study my Bible and, and, and get so many things out of the Bible that I don't often stop and just sit in a passage and, and soak it all in and let the spirit of, of God, let the spirit of the scriptures talk to me and speak to me and teach me. And like in the program that I'm in, right, we, we dwell in a passage for a year and we spend one year looking at a, a series of scriptures and that even at the end of the year, I'm in my se- finishing up my second year and I'm still in that same passage and I get so much meaning out of it because that's how amazing the Bible really, really is. It, it's there to speak to us in all, not only back then uh, in that context, but in today's context as well. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12 to 13, we're going to look at one passage. See to it, brothers, in the NIV, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This is a great passage, you know, and I hope this week you'll get some time to go back in your quiet times and and just sit in this passage and and let the scriptures get our attention, interrupt us, uh, stop us for a minute. And there's different things in here that can stick out. Uh, you know, this word uh, to encourage is, it, Robert taught about this, it's the Greek word parakaleo, which para means to the side of, kaleo means to call. Or uh, And so the point of this passage about learning to encourage one another is to call to the side of and give aid, help, comfort, or courage. So to encourage one another is is being involved with somebody to the point where you're at their side giving aid, giving help, giving comfort, and giving courage. And it's it's a word that is proactive. You know, it's experiential that that there's an experience that takes place because we learn to encourage one another. You know, in the first century church, uh, they had a culture. And just like any any church now, each church has its own culture. In the first century church, the culture 
of the church was that the disciples were actively giving encouragement to one another. And the kind of encouragement that we're talking about isn't just a hello or you look nice or, or or how are you. We're not talking about that kind of encouragement, although that's good. The kind of encouragement that the Bible calls us to do is something that's much more proactive and, and experiential where there's an interaction that takes place spiritually where people walk away encouraged, with courage, with aid, with comfort, with strength. And so the culture in the first century, the disciples were actively giving encouragement, whereas sometimes in the 21st century, in, in all of the studies that I've, I've seen uh, in, in my fourth semester, uh, oftentimes in 21st century church culture, uh, it's all about receiving encouragement rather than constantly giving encouragement. That when we come to church, we're, we're looking to give encouragement rather than just receiving encouragement. And if you're down and out, there's nothing wrong with with receiving encouragement. We need that. We absolutely need encouragement. But which one are you? Which one would you fall into? You know, are you a disciple? Are you a a Christian that actively gives and looks for to give encouragement to others? Or are you constantly just trying to receive encouragement? And I want to encourage us as we do our Bible study tonight. Let the spirit speak to us, talk to us, guide us, encourage us, inspire us to become people who are actively looking to give encouragement. You know, there's a great proverb, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And so I got two questions for you tonight. Is I want you to think about this. What would make you consider falling away from God? What would make you consider falling away from God? As well as what would make you consider losing your faith? What 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 has to happen in order for you to lose faith? And Part of the reason why I'm doing uh, this this uh, scripture today and talking about w- encouraging one another that we got each other's back, right? That we that we're gonna be here for each other is because it's difficult. Life is hard, and I want to take you back to the Roman Empire. One of the things that I love when I study the Bible is going back to the world behind the text. Is that when we look at why a passage was written, we get to see the author's intent. We get to kind of go back in, in time for a minute and, and to see what was going on back then to, to the reason to why the writer is writing about it so that it can give us encouragement as we look at what's happened then, but then also make application now so they can give us encouragement on how to deal with things in our life right now. But in the Roman Empire, I think two weeks ago I talked about the, 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 you know, as we were going into the elections, uh, whoever is going to win, right? Biden, obviously, Biden and the Biden-Harris ticket won right there. And, you know, now we are going to be going into a new era now and a new president's going to be coming in. New policies are going to be coming in and and we're going to all have to learn how to pay attention to to support, to not support on some areas where it goes against the Bible. And, and we're a church that is going to be getting into a lot of that. And, that. and I'm encouraged by that. But at the same time, you know, back in the first century, 10 leadership changes happened for the first century Christians. And I want to expound on that a little bit more to give us some perspective as we look at why, you know, uh, the Hebrew writer was, was, was telling the disciples back then to encourage one another daily. In, in one of the emperors, in, in uh, Emperor Nero in AD 64, it says, When Rome burned in AD 64, Emperor Nero himself blamed the Christians. And this, 
this study we're going to look at is going to be somewhat historical where you're going to get a chance to see what the early Christians went through. The Roman historian Tacitus recorded the cruelty these victims faced. Covered with the skins of beasts, they were torn by dogs and perished or were nailed to crosses and were doomed to the flames and burnt to serve as a nightly illumination when daylight has expired. In other words, when the early Christians were living under this kind of leadership uh, of Emperor Nero, uh, man, it, it was difficult for the early disciples. And it gives us a perspective of some of the challenges that they went through. In AD 81 through 96, under this guy, this emperor named Domitian, uh, he used the title Lord and God, which Christians refused to acknowledge. So this emperor, Domitian, when, when he was supposed, when he was talked about, he wanted to be addressed as Lord and as, and as God. But Christians knew that their only Lord and God would be Jesus, right? So they would, they wouldn't, they wouldn't bow down to that. The infamous test of a Christian appeared during this time. Between 81 AD and 96, they, Romans placed statues of the emperor and the Roman gods, Jupiter, Juno, and Minerva before the suspected Christian. If the suspect denied the faith, officials required that he repeat a formulaic invocation of the gods and then offer wine and incense to the emperor's statue. Lastly, the suspect was required to revile the name of Christ. Execution awaited anyone admitting in belief in Christianity or refusing any part of the test. I mean, that's challenging, right? To be able to, to be a Christian living during this time. There was a time where, where in, in 80, 96 to 180, there was this time where there were five good emperors. And following Domitian, Rome entered a relatively moderate age and as the period of the five good emperors. Christians endured persecution. However, even the last good emperor, Marcus Aurelius, ordered Christians tried and executed for their religion. Over, a, over the next century, waves of persecution swept through the empire. And in AD 250, another emperor, Decius, issued an edict for the suppression of Christianity, requiring bishops to sacrifice to the emperor. Uh, Romans again blamed Christians for provoking the wrath of the gods. As, as another emperor hit the scene, another leadership change that took place. And, and by the way, guys, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, with the leadership change that we're having now in America, it's, it's anything like this. What I am saying though is that whenever there's leadership changes, there's, there's different ways the early Christians had to deal with that. Uh, and back then, we're talking some challenging, challenging leadership changes. Uh, the terrors of the persecutions climaxed during the final years of Emperor Diocletian. In Diocletian resolved in AD 302 to tear down the churches to the foundations and to destroy the sacred, sacred scriptures by fire. And in 303, Diocletian issued edict after edict assaulting Christians. One law forbade Christians from holding government office and called for the destruction of sacred tests. Text. Another edict required church officials be imprisoned and tortured if they refused to make a sacrifice to the emperor. Diocletian ordered all Christians in the empire to be imprisoned and tortured until they sacrificed. Wholesale massacres of believers occurred as Christians, as frustrated jailers tried to rid their crowded prisons of Christians who refused to exchange their faith for the freedom. But what is amazing in the midst of all those challenging times, Christianity not only survived, but actually thrived under the constant threat of imprisonment and forced servitude, confiscation of property and martyrdom. 
As Tertullian, a Christian apologist and former pagan, wrote to the Roman leaders in 197 AD, the more Christians were mown down by you, the more in number we grow. The blood of Christians is seed. The believers' refusal to renounce their faith during torment actually caused more Romans to inquire into Christian doctrine. Christian behavior under persecution preached a sermon far more effective than words. And so look at some of these passages here in a different way. Does that, when you hear some of the stories of what our early brothers and sisters went through under different leadership regimes and changes uh, in the first century or in the first four, five centuries, uh, it, it should give us some perspective. In Hebrews chapter 3, Verse 12 to 13 in the voice, it says, brothers and sisters, pay close attention so you won't develop an evil and unbelieving heart that causes you to abandon the living God. Encourage each other every day for as long as we can still say today. So none of you let the deceitfulness of sin harden your hearts in the message translation. It says, so watch your steps, friends. Make sure there's no evil unbelief lying around that will trip you up and throw you off course, diverting you from the living God. For as long as it is still God's today, keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow down your reflexes. If we can only keep our grip on the sure thing we started out with, we're in this with Christ for the long haul. What an awesome passage, right? Different translations about Hebrew chapter 3, verse 12 to 13. And I want to encourage us, you know, that, that if there's anything we need in this world right now, in our church right now, is encouragement. But I'm not talking the kind of encouragement that says, hey, great job, bro. You're awesome this or awesome that. Uh, I'm talking the kind of encouragement that gets involved in each other's lives and actually we say something. You know, I remember my wife, uh, before the pandemic Happened. She was in this, she was on this thing about letting God speak to her and, and doing a good deed, letting her, letting God speak to her in a way that she does a good deed. And by the, I'm at the church building right now taping and outside she saw this man, older gentleman walking who was carrying groceries. And it was an older gentleman, I think in his eighties and, and he looked like he was struggling, struggling and Grace just walked over. You know, helped him, gave him a ride home, uh, uh, and, and helped him. And, and, you know, I was like, whoa, what happened there? But she was encouraging. That's a, that's what encouragement is. It's, it's more than just a hi. It's more than just a hello or a good job, but it's actually getting involved. We're actually giving aid, giving comfort, giving courage. I was very encouraged by that. You know, the, uh, last week when we got a chance to see, I hope you were very encouraged by different, people who are sharing in the services and and all the ladies that are being so vulnerable and sharing different things in their lives that are it's just remarkable right they're so vulnerable they're sharing uh some details gang that that is very very private and and so authentic it's so genuine it's so real and and it shows god moving and working in their lives i hope you're encouraged by the the sheer number of people that are sharing speaking talking uh, it's good. It's such a great, great uh, time in our fellowship where more and more people can get up and speak and share their thoughts. But, you know, even today. Right. Look at this slide. We have a lot of challenges today. COVID-19, eighth month. Racial matters. You know, when we were in our prayer, 12 hour prayer, 
I was just blown away by our time of uh, our 12 hour prayer chain. And I hope you were as well. But in my I got to facilitate, I believe, the 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. slot. And a sister was in there sharing about how, you know, she she lives in a in a in a city. I believe it was Downing. Uh, where she lives and she was sharing how she was visiting a neighbor city, uh, neighboring city and, and somebody, uh, uh, basically she's an African American woman and somebody looked at her and told her and threatened her basically and said, you know, you need to get out of here and go back to where you belong like that. And she was sharing that. She was praying about that in her prayer and I was listening to that. And honestly, I was struggling with evil thoughts, man. I was, I, I got so off focus in it. I was hearing her heart, but it, it just goes to show how the Spirit of God has worked in her life and, and the testament to her faith that she was praying for them. You know, she was praying for them. She was praying about her struggle in it. And I was over here having evil thoughts. Help me, Lord. Like, man, I want to... I mean, I needed help in it just to hear that. And, and And I was so proud of her and proud of everyone who was involved. Different people were crying and... Oh, it was it was such a great time of praying, but I got to hear the needs of my brothers and sisters in that time of prayer. And that was the whole idea, right, is we're not only there to pray in that 12 hour uh, prayer chain of, of our own personal needs, but the needs in our country and 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 the elections and political division and racial division and and even different challenges going on in our church. That's what that 12 hour prayer was all about for us to plead out, plead with God and and get involved. I mean, financial challenges, political challenges, semester, right? Schooling issues, online Kids, parents, teachers, administrators, all those who are involved with, with helping our kids and helping, uh, you know, uh, different people learn. I mean, it, mental, all the fatigue going on, health challenges, right? I mean, I'm struggling with mental health challenges right now. I'm an extrovert and going into my eighth month of not necessarily being with everybody, I struggle with this, you know? For those of you who are introverts and the way you process is by being alone and kind of getting away, um, and, and learning how to, you know, uh, get energized by, by time alone like that. This could be, this is perhaps a great time for you in it where you're getting some time alone, perhaps more than mo, more than the norm. Uh, but for those of us who are extroverts, man, you know, I like to be with people. I, I'm struggling during this time in COVID-19. Like I, I want to be with people. I'm looking forward to being with people because I connect with people like that. One is not better or worse. It just is how we process things. Some of us are extroverts. Some of us are introverts. Both are important. You know, my wife is an introvert and she, she connects with God more and, and she gets energized by being alone. I'm an extrovert where I tend to want to be around people and I thrive off that and get energized that way. Both are important. Both are needed. Both both are, 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 you know, good way, good ways to uh, process. But for me, I, I struggle. I, there's physical, emotional, spiritual fatigue. And so who do we encourage? Everyone. Everyone needs encouragement. When do we need, when do we encourage? Was well, the Bible says as long as it is called today. So tonight, it's still today, right? So tonight, when you go to your discussion groups, encourage somebody tonight. Why do we encourage? It's because we want to prevent unbelief and hardness of heart by sin. Like we encourage one another. If there's anything we need, guys, it's encouragement. In fact, the Bible calls us to do it daily in our life. Think about that. Think about how often you encourage somebody. 
to give courage and receive encouragement as well. And so in our discussion groups tonight, here's a couple things you can do. Take a picture of this, you know. Share a strength or gift you see in someone else. Encourage them. Give them comfort. Give them aid. Give them encouragement by verbalizing something that a strength or how you see the Christ in them. Perhaps you also want to share how someone encouraged or inspired you that helped you, that encouraged you. When somebody did that, sometimes it's good to share about what what somebody did for you because it encourages and influences the group around you that they're such a great encouragement to you. Uh, the third thing is perhaps share a vision that you have for someone. And there's so many more ways to go about encouraging, but just consider these three tonight as you go into your discussion groups. Share a strength or gift with somebody. Share how somebody encouraged or inspired you. Perhaps you can even share a vision that you may have for somebody. Sometimes it's good for someone to hear that, to give encouragement, to give comfort, aid, and, and vision. So what did we learn tonight? In, our lesson was about encouraging one another. I got your back, Jack. Parakaleo is the Greek word to encourage, which means to stand by and to call higher. The early Christians needed encouragement by the different things that were going on in their world and that they had to deal with. We have challenges today that are unique to us. We need encouragement. Well, who should we encourage? Everyone. When? Daily. Why? to guard against unbelief and hardness of heart. So I hope you were encouraged tonight by a couple thoughts in the lesson tonight. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. I'm going to close off with some closing announcements. You can always connect with us on social media. Uh, connect with us on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as YouTube. Uh, I do want to thank James and Latanya Keys and our squad group for putting on that 12 hours of prayer, the 12-hour prayer train not train, chain, 12-hour prayer chain that I hope many of you who participated in it were so encouraged. I think, you know, I'll give you a little hint now. I think what's in the works is a 24-hour prayer train chain, 24-hour prayer chain uh, that may be coming up soon. So I hope our whole fellowship will be encouraged by that and be involved in participating in that as we see the Spirit of God moving throughout our church, throughout our world, as well as throughout our lives. For the single adults, we have created for connection November uh, 14th on Saturday. Go to singles.laicc.net. This Friday on the 13th, for all of our preteens, there's a night of games and gratitude. I want to go to that by looking at that right now. A night of games and gratitude. So take a picture of this. All the preteens, preteen families, get your kids signed up for that uh, so that they can get a lot of encouragement during this time. We have a squad event coming up on November 20th. Uh, this event is for everyone in Metro LA to participate in. It is called We Are One Unity Talk. Please register at mlasquad at gmail.com. mlasquad at gmail.com. We have a guest speaker coming in uh, from the University of Massachusetts. He's a professor in religion and theology. And uh, we're going to be inspired and encouraged uh, about how to build unity. So, Awesome job there. We look forward to that event. There's a special event also called Cove Love Caravan. 
In the midst of 2020 being a very challenging year, Metro LA has been given an awesome Thanksgiving opportunity to lift up at-risk young people between the ages of 18 to 24 housed at the Covenant House in Hollywood. The event Cove Love is a donation requested event led by Covenant House, Augustus Charles, and Chris Yen. Take a look at the promotion, be a doer of the word, and let our light shine during this holiday season. For more information, please contact Augustus or Chris. As we close out tonight, again, congratulations to the Carrillo family and baby Kate Maria Kohler was born on November 2nd at 5.34 a.m. She is a healthy seven pound, eight ounces. The mom, Alexis, and her husband are doing well. Another congratulations to the Oga family, to Dixon and Liz. Baby Zakia Esther Oga was born on November 6th at 11.13 p.m. at night. She is a healthy 7-pound, 11-ounce baby girl. So amazing to see God adding to the kingdom of God. I just want to thank everyone for joining in to our midweek service tonight. I hope you were encouraged once again. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your attention. We love you. Have a great evening tonight. Good night. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.